Welcome back to the third hour of the KPK Outdoor Show. Bob Sims here. We're here every Saturday from 5 to 8, except Christmas Day. Uh, on KFBK, 1530 AM, 93.1 FM, always nice to have you along. Um, you know, there's uh, the ISE shows coming up at Cal Expo, January 20th to 23rd. The Sheep Show, what they call the Sheep Show in Reno, is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, January 13th, 14th, and 15th. Now, the Sheep Show is kind of a specialized show. It's not just about sheep. That's where it got its start for conservation-minded people wanting to protect the habitat, habitat and the wild sheep populations throughout the country and Canada. Um, and then it just involved, evolved into basically a mountain hunting show, and it really covers all the bases. Uh, I was at it a couple of years ago, and it's a, it's a very interesting show. Uh, they, they really concert well of course there's outfitters for for all up and down the mountain states as well as Canada as well as Mexico and even even some destinations abroad but basically it's 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 centered on the mountain states and uh, for all types of big game uh, which we have them all and, but but the support groups they have for example just in the optics they'll have Svorsky, Carl Zeiss, Leopold, Vortex, Leica, and Maven. All those different manufacturers will be at that show. Uh, they've got Sitka gear, one of the best quality outdoor clothing manufacturers anywhere. They have a huge booth. Weatherby has a huge booth. They even have a a booth called Silencer Central. You know, in other states, they allow silencers for hunting and this and that. Not in California, but that's interesting if you hunt out of state. Um, anyway, I could go on and on and on, but they've got all kinds of different gun manufacturers there, the whole works. So it's a little different. It's a specialized show. It's mountain hunting, and it happens January 13th, 14th, and 15th in Reno. You know, to find out more about it, you can just Google The Sheep Show 22, and you'll be able to find out everything you know. Well, I talked to Ryan Cook. Ryan, of course, is a bass fisherman. He loves bass fishing. And you'd think January with this cold weather and everything, well, the last thing you want to do is go bass fishing. Better guess again. I talked to Ryan last night. Ryan? you heading into the new year with a full schedule. You've been on New Malonis this week, Don Pedro, McClure, uh, bass fishing. Uh, just right off the top, out of the three, what lake fish the best? You know, Bob, that's a hard question to answer. It kind of depends on what you're looking for. You know, if you're looking for overall just easy fishing and numbers, Lake McClure is great. It's a great place to take the kids. Um, if you want to go find a little bit better quality, you know, and be able to do different things than New Maloney's or Don Pedro's where you want to be right now. Yeah. Overall, okay. I'm I'm liking Maloney's the best. Yeah. Well, that's got that's got sure got the potential to be the best. Uh, so so this is the time of year you're you're all you're looking for the the winter pattern. You're looking for fish that don't believe in the in the winter pattern. <laughs> so you got your right. work cut out for you. At New Malonis, what were some of the different techniques and the depths 
you used and fished to catch these fish? Well, so this morning we got on a pretty good jig bite, and they were scattered down on the south end of the lake around some big rock. We're fishing bluff walls, main lake points, points leading into creek channels. Um, Mm -hmm. And we caught them from five all the way down to about 50. Um, And then once we got tired of catching jig fish, we ran into some creek channels um, on the south end of the lake. And we found a good spoon bite on big big groups of shad ranging anywhere from 40 out to about 65 foot of water. Okay. And then then once we got done with the spoon bite, then we ran up river and we threw a float and fly and caught a bunch of spotted bass on that. The float and fly is kind of fun, isn't it? It's a blast. It's like wintertime topwater fishing. (laughs) <laughs> it is it's, you know about there's something i'm a full-time bass fishing guide i do this 250 to 270 days a year <laughs> and we go chase as many big ones as we can but i'll tell you what there is something that takes you back to being a kid when you're watching that bobber dip down it's 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 awesome i know, I know. and you got that lure might, maybe <clears throat> maybe i mean you, you're fishing anywhere from what 10 to 20 feet down we're doing uh, about 8 to 14. Okay. But, you know, just think of what the fish is, is sitting there at 14 feet deep, and the fish is at 18, and he's looking up, and he's just looking at this thing just hanging there that looks kind of alive, you know. It's bobber oh, fishing. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Eventually, they, they just got to have it. And <clears throat> it's a really good technique to target big spotted bass. It's not uncommon to catch five, six, seven pound spot of bass on this. Yeah. Well, I know somebody won a bass tournament last year using the float and fly. Ryan Williams up at Lake Shasta, not That's only was he using the float and fly, he was throwing it on, on an actual fly rod, Bob, and he smoked. I know the whole he field. was. <laughs> he had these, he had, he had every bass fisherman in the state of California shaking their head going, well, uh, time to reevaluate our game plan. <laughs> that's, it was pretty, well, cool pretty interesting, but but most bass fishermen couldn't won't have the patience to do that. They got they got to keep it moving. You know what I mean? You, you got to have the patience. It yeah, it is a great way to get a kid out on a wintertime bite because it's something they can do and interact with, you know, and be watching. And and it's it's a real fun technique when you get around them. But like anything else, you got to be around the right fish, or it can get pretty slow doing that. Sure, sure. How big were the uh, fish at New Malonas? How how big was a couple of big ones? Our our biggest fish about three and a half pounds. Um, I, I mean nothing real big, but we're seeing a lot of good quality. You know, two to three pound fish, lots of them. And these these spotted bass are healthy. These spots that weigh two pounds, they're only about fifteen, sixteen inches long. They are real, real fat right now. So very healthy fish. That's Ryan Cook of Ryan Cook Fishing. That uh, float and fly is really something. And for those of you that aren't familiar with it, basically you use a slip bobber. And the float and fly is, it can be a weighted fly. It's kind of got a body to it. But when it's hanging down, it hits, it sits horizontal in the water. Okay, so it looks like a little bait fish just sitting there moving a little bit. And, you you know, you can set your your uh, your adjustable um uh, you know, bobber stop, 
at, at any depth. You just got to make sure you have enough weight on the float. And if, if the float and fly doesn't get it down as deep as you want it, then add a little split shot above it. I mean, the sky's the limit on this. And there's all kinds of different lures. Uh, you can go Google it and, and just put in float and fly, and that'll get you started. But it's a heck of a technique to use. And I'll tell you, they use it up at Bullard's Bar for those big spots all the time, and they have for years, although nobody talked about it. But it's a, gre a great technique. It's not only how deep you can get that fly, uh, which really isn't a fly, it's more of a bug-like thing, but uh, it, it's the presentation, nothing else. It just hangs in the water, like j right underneath the boat, only you're casting it out. I mean, it's really an effective technique. If you're having tr trouble catching fish, and you're in a clear lake, these fish will come up quite a ways. They'll see that up. They may be 25 feet down. They'll come up at 15 feet and grab that thing. So uh, keep that in mind. It's a fun thing to get to learn, too. Ryan, Ryan Cook, uh, obviously the guy just lives and breathes it. He loves it. Here's his number to book a trip, 559-691-7008. Um, Adventure Sports Kayak City is getting ready for the ISE show. They always have a huge, and I mean huge exhibit there uh, with all their kayaks. But you know what they have done? Uh, they, they've been doing this a long time. They have got it dialed down. A lot of these popular kayaks are very difficult for dealers to get. I mean very difficult. Adventure Sports Kayak City thinks in advance. They are so ready for this show. They have in stock at their store and warehouse right now a massive amount of Old Town kayaks, of Hobie kayaks, of all the other popular brands, the, the uh, price point kayaks, which are good quality, but they may cost a quarter of a higher price kayak. Doesn't mean they're not a good kayak, they just don't have the bells and whistles. But they are loaded right now. They're also open Monday through Saturday now. Now today is a crapshoot. You never know who's gonna be open today. My guess is there isn't, but you can call them and find out. Uh, it is New Year's Day after all. But, you know, if you wanted to go and take a look at the inventory before the show, just call them, 916-565-1400. You can go on their website, which is kayakcity.com. But try to get over there because this might be the opportunity for you to have the best choice of a variety of different types of kayaks. For right now, it could be better than the entire rest of the year. So check it out. Go to the website, kayakcity.com. Try to get over 7812 Auburn Boulevard. Remember the name, Adventure Sports Kayak City. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, everybody wants to know about the Smith the Rogue River, the Eel River. Winter steelhead time starts today. It's kind of funny too, because the fish generally don't move into these rivers in any numbers until the, just about this time. Kind of interesting. 
they're pretty programmed. Well, the conditions have been really good. There's a potential storm lurking, but there's some pretty good fishing going on. And yesterday, I talked to Kenny Priest about it. Kenny, you were going to get out this week. You couldn't make it, but uh, in, in looking at the water levels up there, I would say those rivers were pretty fishable the last few days. What, what happened, first of all, on the Smith? Absolutely perfect. I mean, conditions are absolutely perfect. You know, the, the, uh, it rained a little bit here overnight. The last couple of days it rained a little bit, you know, enough to keep the flows up there. You got a lot of snow on the ground, you know, going into the river, so it's keeping the color. So the conditions are absolutely perfect on, I would say, on, you know, on both of the rivers up there as well as the Chetco. Um, and there are some fish being caught. So it's, you know, it's, it's way more encouraging than last year. You know, we're seeing um, on the Smith, you know, guys are getting a chance at maybe two or three fish a day, which isn't bad. You know, the Smith is, there's just not a lot of boats out yet on the Smith. So it's really yeah. hard to tell if there's a ton of fish around because you know, everybody's going to the Chetco. It's New Year's Eve, you know, you know, leading up to this week, there just hasn't been a whole lot of pressure on the Smith. So it's, it's hard to say what's there, but it's, it sounds like it's not bad. But, you know, you, you just think back. We, we talk about it seems like we're having more uh, less than average years, better than average years. But you look way back when, 20 or 30 years ago, Kenny, and you land, if you actually land three or four, three fish, three fish in a day on the Smith, that was always considered a good day. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've been fishing there for, you know, quite a few years, you know, approaching almost 20. And you're right. I mean, three fish, if you land three fish there, that's a good day. If you land three steelhead on any river, you know, back then, that's that's a good day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and they're and all, they're all, a big one. they're all, they're all going to be averaging anywhere from seven to 12 pounds. Anyway, what's the matter with three of those? <laughs> Not a darn thing <laughs> from where I sit. Not a darn thing. I'll take yeah. that every day of the week. Yeah. Um, so we have a little event coming, uh, that's sitting out in the Pacific right now. Uh, what do you, what do you see it doing rain wise from your perspective? Well, I think there's going to be a lot of fishing guides and anglers sitting on the couch for at least a week. That's what it's looking like to me. Um, wow. The, you know, the Chetco is going to go big. All, all the rivers, you know, from the Chetco, what I watch is the Chetco down to the South Fork of the Eel, and they're all going to go really big. And, um, you know, they could go bigger than what they're, what they're forecast to be because there's so much snow up here that I, I don't think we know how much melt is going to be, you know, it all depends on that snow level. If that yeah. snow level rises and it gets warmer, which they're talking about, you know, it's, 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 it could be, I don't want to say catastrophic, but it could definitely, you know, keep these rivers very high for a long time. That's a, a mini perfect storm. Kind of. Yeah. It has the potential to be that. So it's, it's um I don't I can't see us fishing next week. You know maybe the yeah. Smith late late in the week maybe the weekend plunking. Yeah. Um, but the other rivers I can't see them fishing at all for the whole okay. next week. Hey, just out of curiosity, you mentioned the South Fork of the Eel and that water level looks like it had been good. What do you hear from there? Nothing really. I mean it's it's high right now. I'm, I'm watching that because I was thinking maybe on Sunday it would be down to a fishable level, but. You know, the predictions um, every day, 
they've kind of backed off on them because it was at one time it was going to be like two thousand on Sunday, which is which is the starting of it starting to get good, but yeah. now they're predicting it's going to be almost three thousand by Sunday. So I don't. It's hard to judge that snow melt. I think that's what they're you know that's what they struggle with. So. Um, but there have been fish caught, you know, higher up in the system in the South Fork, you know, Richardson Grove area. So there's some, there's definitely some steelhead in there. They're starting to see some fish, some steelhead go over the Van Arsdale um, dam there, way up there. So my guess is there's fish kind of throughout the eel system. That's Kenny Priest, and he should know. He covers it every day. But now with the storm coming in, as I mentioned earlier, this big storm we're about to get was really going to cover most of Northern California. It was going to be like inches and inches of rain. Now, you know, within 12 hours, they changed that, that entire forecast to say, we might get a little sprinkling of rain on Tuesday. Well, up in the northwestern corner of California, you're going to get more than that. So we'll just have to wait and see. Okay. Uh, Kenny's number to book a trip, 707-496-8671. More on Steelhead. Matt Mitchell has been fishing the Trinity River for the last week. And, of course, we've been talking about how great the, the, the fishing's been on the Klamath and Trinity all this year. Well, Matt proves it once again that it's continuing. Matt, you put in a full week on the Trinity River Steelhead fishing. Uh, the last we talked a couple of weeks ago, you were you were landing, you know, anywhere from five to eight fish per trip. Is that uh, that's about as good as it gets? Is it is it stayed that way, or what's it done? You know, for me, it certainly has. It's been this last week was one of the best weeks of the year for me. Uh, incredible fishing that we had a, a good uh, snowstorm, and then we had some rain on top of that, and it kind of bumped the flows up a little bit, put a little color in the water for a few days, and the fishing really turned on. We were catching fish in all kinds of weird places and, you know, really consistent action all day. And and when you find a pot of fish, you'd be able to get two, three, four out of one spot. So, um, yeah, it was really good. You know, double-digit hookups every day this last week. So, phenomenal fishing. Yeah. That's really something. Best year it's been in years. Uh, Well, you know, we said that right from the beginning with all the fish that moved into the lower Klamath. And then they just kept coming and kept coming, and everybody was just going goofy, and it sure has uh, proven out in both the Klamath and the Trinity this year. So it's going to be a tough one to top, that's for sure. But how are you catching most of your fish now, Matt? You know, I had one bait trip this week, and we did pretty well with the bait, uh, but we did much better with flies. We were doing nymphs under an indicator. And, you know, when it uh, had some color in the water there for three days, it was all... Big flies and egg patterns and a couple of the squirmy wormies fish, too. But uh, after it dropped back into low and clear, we were getting them on. We've getting a good mayfly hatch in the afternoon. So they're eating small pheasant tails, um, ex-mays, and the smaller bugs. So my last trip was day before yesterday. And um, I think we hooked 13, and 12 of them came on the bottom bug. Um, so it was a, either a pheasant tail or a Frenchie. Wow. That's really something. Um, that was phenomenal. But, <laughs> what, 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 you know, the last time we talked, you also fished in a little derby up there, and you caught a beautiful, I think it was a 13-pounder or a 12-and-a-half-pounder that you did somehow did not win the derby. 
any big fish uh, still in the system? Uh, you know, day before yesterday, we got, I think, what we land? Four fish over between 27 and 28 inches right in that range. One of them might have been over 28 a little bit. Um, so, you know, looking at that eight, nine-pound range, uh, yeah. seven to nine pounds. Yeah, so there's still quite a few big fish. Uh, a buddy of mine two days ago, three days ago now, I guess, got a 32-incher in the canyon float. So, I mean, yeah, that's, there's some big fish around for sure. I think that's, that's, there's some, that's back up into that 12 and 13-pound range, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's yeah. There, uh, there's some fresh, the winter fish are starting to show up. You know, we're still getting a lot of the colored-up fish from fall. Um, they've yeah. kind of been in the system for a while, but there's some chrome ones showing up down in the Junction City area that, uh, that are a little more fresh and have been coming up on this high water, so... It keeps getting better and better. Yeah, I love it. It's going to be tough to leave the Trinity to go over to the coast, you know, but I, most of my trips at the end of January, I go on vacation starting tomorrow for two weeks. Um, and then after I get back, all my trips are over on the, the coast. Yeah. So it, it's going to be leave, tough to leave the Trinity. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you. So um, are you heading for warmer climbs? Yeah, I'm going to go spend a, uh, some time in Hawaii. I got to get some bone fishing in and going to do some deep sea fishing and take my son, hopefully to go shoot his first axis to you. <laughs> That's Matt Mitchell, a guide who is going on vacation. And of course he's going fishing, <laughs> but uh, imagine the thinking about how to work your schedule. You know, if people want to fish the coast, so you take your vacation in the first couple of weeks, but the Trinity is just on fire, and it makes you wonder what all those people would rather do. But anyway, Matt's number to book a trip, 530-604-9746. Uh, that's just incredible fishing on the Trinity River, the likes of which we have not seen in years and years and years. I mean, literally, maybe even generations. That's how good it is. So, And we'll have, before the program's over, another report on the Klamath. Don't go away. Welcome back. Welcome back. <clears throat> it's that time of year that, um, you know, when we were kids, we, we, we looked at fishing a little differently then as we do now for example we generally did our trout fishing in the summer and our bass fishing in the spring and summer and maybe fall and uh, the crappie fishing in the spring um, uh, you know you put all that aside and get out there in winter because you're going to catch some of your biggest fish sometimes your best fishing of the year for species that uh, we used to dial in in the spring uh, sometimes the best fishing can be had this time of year with the cold and everything else. And a guy that goes after all those, uh, Mr. Kyle Wise of Headhunter Guide Service, and he joins us now. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Bob. How are you? <laughs> hey, listen, we're off to a new year, and this is the time of year where you, for years and years, have targeted the bigger trout in the lake. Uh, some years there's an abundance of smaller fish, 16 inches, 17 inches, uh, higher in the water column. You tend to start down deep and follow the big fish wherever they go. Where are we with that technique and, and the big fish? Are we on schedule here? Oh, we're definitely on schedule. You know, with the amount of rain that we picked up the last couple weeks, 
these fish are going to be pushed back in those coves. And once the lake settles down and those coves clean up a little bit, I mean, we're going to be seeing nice trout again. Yeah. Well, you know, a new Malonis is kind of unique. You know, you have other lakes like Folsom or Berryessa with all these creek channels. But once the rain stops, the creeks stop. But at, at, at New Malonis, you have like Carson Creek and Angels Creek that flow year-round anyway. When we get a little rain, they, they continue to flow after the rain stops. And there's other creeks on the lake like that. That's got to make a huge difference in the whole dynamic of things, huh? Oh, it does. When you can get water, you know, year-round coming into that lake, it's just easier to target the fish. And, you know, we have a pretty good snowpack this year, so, I mean, things are shaping up to get really good on the lake this year. Yeah. Uh, right now, if you were going to go after the bigger trout, uh, how deep would you go and what would you use for the big fish? For the big fish, you know, I like pulling bait. You know, ancho yeah. the thread label anchovies, the shad, wheat tads are really good when they're down deep. And I would target the mouths of the creeks right now. I mean, with the back of the creek arm so muddy, I would just go out to the creek, find where the clear water is, and I would target that general area over the channel. Okay, I got you. I got you. So you might go in a big cove. You might have to go almost all the way out of that cove to where it meets the the main part of the lake to find that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Like take for example Angels Creek. If they're familiar with the lake, Angels Creek dumps out into a big bay. And that's where the clean water is probably going to start now since we've had a week's worth of rain. And there's a river channel that runs right through there. And I would target right in the middle of that river channel and start looking for the shad. So the shad is the key, as always. And then, do you ever roll shad, or do you like to roll anchovies more? I like doing both. You know, I put shad on one rod, anchovies on the other, and just let the fish dictate what they want. They want it with a flasher, without a flasher. With the bait head, without the bait head, I mean, that's the best thing about fishing, trying to beat them at their own game. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Good point. We, it's hard to force feed them all the time, isn't it, Kyle? <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's so many dynamics to the game, you know, the speed, the way the bait rolls. I mean, there's, that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah. So, uh, and how deep would you go? I would say within the top 40 feet, but like I've always said, you know, electronics is everything. You know, find the bait on your electronics, and that's where I would start fishing. Okay. That, that, that's the key to everything. Otherwise, you're just searching. you got to you know, set your baits at a different depth until you find out what's going on, huh? Yeah, absolutely. You know, everybody knows when I get on the water, the first thing I do is turn on my electronics. And I don't fish until I find fish. Yeah. There's no need to troll yeah. dead water. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's another kind of fishing that um, um, you have been pioneering for years and years at New Malonis. And I think a lot of fishermen are uh, catching on to it because they love to catch the fish so much. And that's crappie fishing in the dead of winter. And uh, I guess we could continue 
talking about what you just were talking about with your electronics. That's where it starts with winter crappie fishing, right? Oh, absolutely. I'll be starting that here in another couple weeks going out there. And, you know, I put my my Garmin's on side scan, and I just go out there and I just side scan all the major lake points. Because those crappie during the dead of winter will just hold offshore in anywhere from, you know, 8 to 30 feet. And with side scan, you can pick all those up. Then you just long line flow. Then as the water warms up, those fish will move into structure to spawn. They'll find the gravel bed. Then after they spawn, they'll push back out into that open water. That's pretty interesting. I mean, that's the value of, you know, of all the new technologies with, with the, the live screen and all that, uh, you know, it gets pretty expensive. But the side scan, I think, is, is, is every bit as valuable as those live scans just because of what you just described. No, oh, absolutely. Like, especially when they push up in the creek arms, like, let's take, you know, Mormon Creek, for example. I could go right down the middle of Mormon Creek, and I could look at both sides. And when you start seeing those schools, you just scroll over and drop a waypoint. Then when you get to the back, you just turn around and just start fishing your waypoint. I mean, it just it takes the guesswork out of it. Yeah. When, you, uh, when you're uh, crappie fishing, uh, this time of year, you know, before they start moving into the shallows. Uh, I know in other lakes they catch big fish. Do you catch big crappie and new Malonis in the winter? Oh, most definitely. You're getting them, you know, two to two and a half pounds is your average. I, think, I mean, I, uh, I, I remember last year you kept telling me that, and I kept going, and I love crappie fishing, and I love eating crappie. And I'm going, are you kidding me? I mean, that's one of the prettiest fish out there anyway. You get a two-pound crappie, you got a pretty fish. And, and that gets the, the blood boiling every bit as, as much as a five-pound rainbow in a lot of cases, just because it's so unique. Well, absolutely. You know, and we fish them with, you know, super ultralight rods. And they're just a blast to catch. And once you find a school of them, it's just nonstop action. Yeah. Um, do you have, I, I know this, you look on websites now and you, for somebody that hasn't been keeping up, uh, you, it's astounding how many different crappie baits there are out there right now. I mean, so, I don't know, I don't know if it's overkill or what, but, but what do you like to use when you're out in the winter and you're looking for crappie? I like using the, uh, the, the Strike King Slabulicious Grub. It has a big, fat paddle tail on the back of it that gives off, you know, big vibrations. That so that's just a small Berkeley grub. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it it, it, they're just like any other fish we've been talking about. Uh, don't try to force feed them. Give them what they want, right? Yeah, I think it, the, the key to crappie fishing is color. I would worry more about color than do I buy Berkeley grub or do I buy a gold grub? It's just color is the key. And it changes probably almost on a daily basis, huh? Yeah. You know, my two go-to colors, you know, black and chartreuse, orange and chartreuse. You throw either one of those and you're going to get dead. Those there are you two go. solid colors. 
So you're going to start fishing for these in a couple of weeks? On Maloney's, yes. I'm going to spend this week over on Comanche, and I'm going to do some scouting over there. Because Comanche has big crappie as well. You better believe it, yeah. So, Okay, Kyle, well, that's interesting stuff. We'll be looking forward to talking to you on both the big trout on the crappie and maybe even a little winter kokanee. You got that in your itinerary? Uh, we've caught a few. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you more about that next time, okay? Sounds good, Bob. Okay, Kyle, thanks so much. Happy New Year to you. Same to you, Bob. Okay, bye-bye. Kyle Wise, Headhunter Guide Service. His number, 209-531-3966. Take your pick, huh? <laughs> okay, after the break, we still have uh, uh, closing of the salmon season upriver, big Sacramento brown trout, and uh, maybe a little coastal steelhead. Don't go away. I want to tell you right now, though, about Sierra Nevada Tire in Placerville and once again in Pollock Pines. Remember, they closed the Pollock store. They had to do a retrofit, and they wanted to hire, put a search out for the best tire people in the business. That's And they, didn't, they weren't going to open until they found they accomplished both those. Well, they accomplished both those. They're back up. Of course, they're not open today or tomorrow, but Monday we're back on schedule. The uh, Pollock Pine store is going to be open Monday through Friday, Saturday, Monday through Friday, and Placerville Monday through Saturday. You know, they've got all the major brand tires, including the Cooper tire, the AT3, which I'm starting my third year. And when they wear out, I think I'm just going to buy some more of them. That's how much I like my Cooper AT3s. But they carry the Goodyear's, the Michelin's, BF Goodrich, all the tires. They all, you know, did you know that they service RVs? That's right. You don't have to take it to Sacramento or anyplace else. Sierra Nevada Tire services a wide variety of RVs. You know, they put lift kits in. Of course, they have all the, uh, the standard maintenance, the engine diagnostic. They've got coupons on their website. Uh, they can give you an idea on their website what to look for as far as preventative maintenance. It's really, the website's been improved as, along with everything else. And it's my tire shop. It's my mechanic shop. I've been going to them for close to 18 years now. I wish I would have found them when I was a lot younger. They'd have saved me a lot of money. Sierra Nevada Tire in Placerville and Pollock Pines. Go to the website, sierranevadatire.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, yesterday was the last day of salmon season in the Sacramento River. I talked to Kurt Portocarrero of Sac River Guide about it. Well, Kurt, you finished out the last day of the late fall run salmon in style. You got a beautiful fish. Um, how does the, how does the season stack up now that it's over? <laughs> well, I can't say I'm happy it's over. But it was a long season, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad we have water up here. Um, you know, we got rain and snow melt. We need it. It was a very low water year. Uh, we caught fish all year, but it, was, it wasn't easy. I could say it was an okay year. It wasn't phenomenal, if I was to answer yeah. that. But 
but yet we're able to fish for them. We caught fish just about every day, and uh, we caught some real big fish this year. You know, yeah. we ended up with a 22-pounder 20, today, you know, thick, heavy fish, bright, chrome, gorgeous red meat. I mean, it is what it is, but for the most part, uh, you know, it's still a trickle up here, and there's little little bit of water on the river. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, you're fishing right below the dams, which aren't releasing any extra water. And Correct. it's Correct. a good thing they're not, too. So, hey, listen, you, you sent me. Fill, trying to you fill sent, the lake up, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we got a ways to go there, but we're off to a good start. Yep. Hey, you sent me a good. picture of that 22-pounder, a beautiful fish. But also, yep. in the middle, between that one and a picture of a very nice wild rainbow, I saw a beautiful brown trout. Were you fishing for yeah. trout up there? Yeah, I was fishing for browns. And typically at this time of the year, I start January, February, I start targeting brown trout. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a trophy fish. They're gorgeous. You know, you have a chance of getting anywhere a 5 to a 10-pounder. But, of course, it's never been easy. But when you do do it, you can get an opportunity. Yeah, I, I fish for them, and we get them. And we, I love hooking those gorgeous fish. They're just beautiful Heavy, yeah, you know. How, what what did you what did you catch that one on? Caught that one on a rapala. Oh, you really were targeting the browns, weren't you? Yeah, well, you know, you throw those rapalas at this time of the year against the bank when you have all these smolt here. You have these uh, late fall and fall run smolt. Uh, that's what your predator fish are eating on is is your smolt. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good plan, a good plan. And then I saw a beautiful rainbow. Um, were you just fishing for rainbows at that point? Oh yeah, we fish for rainbows and uh, uh, steelhead, and uh, and then you get your browns in there. If you get some guys that want to try to fish for them, we we do a little brown fishing. Sure. Well, I tell you, it, it seems odd because you know you get just a little bit below where you're fishing and the river's all muddied up and it sounds strange to have all this good fishing. Big salmon, big browns, rainbows in the same river that's muddied up for 95% of its length. So good for you. Now, what are you going to do? Well, we're going to get ready for bass fishing on Shasta. Gear up on that and then really hit the steelhead and the trout on the river. You know, what you got to understand here, this river up here close... It, it, it clears up a lot faster than it does down below. Down below. Sure. So it can muddy up. It can muddy up, and a week later, it can be clear. Yeah. Well, you're taking advantage of that, and you can go back and forth between there and Shasta. And uh, as I've said many times, Kirk, you you operate a bass fishing thing for families and kids, and nobody else does that. You know. Uh, I mean, you got a boat where you can put four or five people in there and all catch fish as opposed to the bass yeah, and, type thing. So it's a great, great thing for families. Right. And that's what I do at this time of the year when I have big groups that want to put big numbers of fish in. You can't go wrong. You go home with big bags of fillets. That's Kurt Portocarrero, Sac River Guide, and he does do that. His number to book one of those trips, 800-670-4448. I also talked to Mario Gomez of Ironhead Guide Service about coastal steelhead and the Klamath River. Mario, you're on the coast 
just in time to see another atmospheric river come through. But you've been fishing at Chetco. It's pretty good. Tell me about it. Yeah, Bob, it's been uh, pretty decent. We've been um, fishing the coast for the last three days, and we've been doing pretty good each day. Uh, today we ended up getting three fish, and yesterday we got two, and the day before we got two. So it was, uh, it was pretty decent for sure. Yeah, you bet, you bet. What size are they now? They're a pretty good size. I mean, we uh, got, you know, one hatchery fish that was probably 9 or 10 pounds, and the other fish that we've been getting have been right in there, um, you know, just under under that. Yeah. Well, that's good. And so there's no, no big push of big fish yet that you've seen or heard about? No. <clears> I mean, real big ones. Seeing, no. I mean, everything that we've been seeing has been right about the, you know, 7 yeah. to the 10-pound range. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you bait fishing? Are you yarn fishing? What are you doing to get the fish? So um, today we got our fish on yarn, and yesterday and the day before we picked up our fish on beads. The yarn wasn't doing anything, but okay. um, the river dropped a little bit, and uh, I think they were, for some reason, they were wanting the yarn today and not the beads. And who knows why? Yeah, it's hard to say. You're I mean, supposed to figure these things out for us, Mario. <laughs> well, we just <laughs> normally start out with one, you know, one yarn, one bead, and whichever one catches the fish first, we switch to it. So You're committed. Kind of how, <laughs> that's right. Then we just run it for the rest of the day. Um, so it's going to blow out. You think it's going to stay blown out for most of this week then, huh, if not all? Yeah, I think so. It will probably put us out of business for a week or so on the Checko, but... I'm thinking um, Wednesday or Thursday, the Smith should be fishing, so that's probably where we'll be midweek. Yeah, okay. Hey, I, I haven't talked to you, so tell me how long you fished the Klamath uh, before you, I know you had some things to do uh, business-wise other than fish, but uh, how, when was the last time you fished the Klamath when the water was uh, acceptable? Well, my brothers um, both have been fishing the Klamath, uh, Bob, for the whole month of December, I haven't fished it since I went to Montana to go elk hunting um, right before Thanksgiving. But my brothers have been here fishing, and uh, they've been doing pretty good. So so right up to just recently, like today? Yeah, actually, um, one of my brothers had a, a three-party trip today. So he was out fishing today, and they did good. They fished right here in Happy Camp. They got probably 12 or so half-pounders and three really nice adult fish. Wow, that's good. That's good. The Klamath yeah. has been a good year on the Klamath, and, and that's even before, what, the winter fish move in? Yeah, have you, any sign of winter fish on the Klamath? No, not yet. We've been still picking up the fall fish. Um, everything that we're getting has, you know, been here since the fall, and they've uh, they've spread out a little bit and moved upstream. Um, my uh, brother Bobby fished up by Syed yesterday and ended up getting six adults yesterday and three or four half pounders so wow the fish moved upstream a little ways and it's it's still fishing really good all the way up to the to the hatchery it's mario gomez of iron hit guide service here's a number to book a trip 530-598-0530 don't forget today the upper american river open for steelhead fishing we'll have a report on that next week happy new year and have a good week everyone